Good morning, church. So I hope everyone is having a great morning so far. Um, I hope you're enjoying the worship service, um, the great singing we've been having so far, and just Eric, you know, bringing us to the foot of the cross and being vulnerable and, you know, really talking about forgiveness and, and being real with one another and being real with God and just allowing God's forgiveness, you know, to reign in our lives. Um, you know, just to know that God will forgive me for any and everything is just very, very comforting to me because um, I definitely could use God's forgiveness. Um, so this month we've been um, focusing on the spiritual discipline of Bible study. So I wasn't here last week. I was at the marriage retreat. It was great. We had a really good time, you know, doing some dancing and stuff, dancing circles around my wife, you know, as usual. Um, so, you know, we had a really good time. Um, but I did get a chance to listen to Charles' sermon from last week. Um, and he did a great job, as usual. Um, I love hearing Chuck speak. He's, like, just very candid and real. You know, you know exactly what he's feeling. I'm like, I, I just love Chuck. I'm a huge fan of his. Um, so he did a really good job last week. Um, and he started off by posing the question of why do we read our Bibles? Um, really good question, why do we read our Bibles? Um, and, you know, he mentioned that there's a lot of reasons why we read our Bibles. Um, and he focused on the reason of we read our Bibles because we need direction. Um, he talked about getting direction in our relationships and also direction. Um, he also talked about getting direction in our parenting, um, which really struck a chord with me. Um, you know, I have my little four-year-old, so I can always use some direction in parenting. Um, one of the things he talked about was not exasperating your children and, you know, yesterday, me and Carter, my son, we went to the barbershop. Now, you know, Diamond usually cuts his hair, um, but we went to the barbershop yesterday, and, I mean, this kid cried and yelled the entire time he was in the chair. And when I tell you I was just livid, I mean, I was so upset, and it took everything in me not to exasperate my child um, yesterday. So that message was spot on. You know, I was able to put that into practice immediately. Um, so it worked out really well. Um, so the week before that, James touched on um, focusing on reading our Bibles to get to know Jesus um, and to grow spiritually. So today I'll focus on getting to know God. Um, so the title of our message today is Getting to Know God. We need to let the word of God dwell in us richly so we can get to know God. So the first point is, do you know God or do you really know God, right? Because believe it or not, there is a difference. So first we must understand that knowing, Christ, knowing God is not an optional part of being a Christian, right? It's not optional of the Christian life. It is the Christian life. If you don't know God, you're not a Christian. That's just how it goes. The Bible talks about, you know, some people being infants in the faith and some being mature, but we all need to know Christ, and we all need to be working towards maturity in our faith with Jesus. So let's turn over to um, John 17.3. We'll start there. John 17.3. So in John 17, 3, the Bible reads, Now this is eternal life, 
that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So this is Jesus talking here. And when Jesus say here that they know you, he's not talking about an intellectual knowledge of God. We need to know God intellectually, of course, but just knowing God intellectually is not enough. Um, and let's turn over to a scripture that kind of shows us that in James 2.19. So turn over to James 2.19. So in James 2.19, the Bible says, you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. So the demons know exactly who God is. So if, if knowing God intellectually is enough for eternal life, like Jesus mentioned in John 17:3, then even the demons will be saved. And we know for sure the demons will not be in heaven with us, right? We know that for sure. But if that's all it took was intellectual knowledge, then they'll be saved too. So that just goes to show us that knowing God intellectually, knowing who he is, is not enough. When I think you know, about knowing God, the, the know that Jesus is talking about here, he's talking about a know based on experience, a know based on observation, a know based on connection, something that you get from walking with God and talking with God and crying to God and crying out to God and really having this relationship with God. I mean, wrestling with God, right? Going to God, wrestling about God's will. This is the know that Jesus is talking about here. Not just the intellectual, no. When I think about knowing that type of no, I think about being all in. Jesus is talking about we need to be all in with God, right? It can't be the surfacey, superficial, intellectual knowledge of God, right? We can't just know our Bibles backwards and forwards like the Pharisees did, you know, which is a good thing, but we need to know God with a spiritual connection. We need to have this connection with God. So that's the type of no that we need. When I think about being, knowing God that way, I think about Mark 12. So let's turn over to Mark 12, and we'll read 28 to 31. So this was a, um, a scripture of ours that we focused on in the past. Um, so Mark 12, 28 to 31, the Bible reads, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, Jesus answered, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love, the Lord, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So loving God with all of your existence, is being all in. If you want to know God the way that the Bible calls us to know God, the way that Jesus tells us we need to know God, we need to be all in. We need to love God with everything we have. This is the beginning of the journey of loving God, of knowing God. This is the middle, and this is where the journey ends. It all starts and ends on us loving God with all of our existence, with everything we have. Once we can get that part down, then we can start working on everything else. So now let's look at um, some people in the Bible that wasn't all in with God. And let's see how it turned out for them. Um, so let's go to Matthew 7. 
Um, we're going to start in verse 21. Matthew 7, 21. So the Bible reads, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Wow. That's crazy. Like, this is like one of the scariest passages in the entire Bible to me. Like, when I read this, that's like saying, you know, that's like you saying, God, man, I preached in your name, and, you know, I led Bible discussions, and I went to Devo's, and I went to Solid Rock, and I opened up the Bible with people and, and helped them to get to know you, God. And Jesus is like, I don't even know you. Like, who are you? Get away from me. So, you know, Jesus, I mean, Jesus give, doesn't give a bunch of particular reasons why um, he didn't know these people. But I can take a guess that it's because they wasn't all in. Um, it's obviously that they knew God intellectually. But unfortunately for them and the demons, that's not enough to get to heaven. Right. I, w- I don't want to be that person who stands here and, you know, preach the word and I'm doing all these things and, you know, I'm helping people. And at the end of the day, I missed the boat because I wasn't all in on God because uh, I didn't know God um, the way he caused me to know him. So I know none of us want to be in that position. right? Nobody wants to be in a position where you thought all your life you was doing the right thing. And Jesus tells you, away from me, you evildoer. I never knew you. So. Today we're going to, so we'll go over a few other things um, and look at a few ways that we can really, really get to know God. And then that way, we don't have to worry about being that person. But God is like, away from me, evildoer. We don't have to worry about that if we really, really get to know God and have that connection. So my second point for today is getting to know God. So one of the ways that we can get to know God is through prayer. Um, so last month, that was our spiritual discipline that we was focusing on was prayer. And I tell you, I learned so much um, about prayer, and it helped me so much to just take my prayer life to a new level, um, just focusing on prayer. And that's one of the ways that, you know, we can really get to know God is going through God in prayer. So turn over to Exodus 33 for me. So in Exodus 33, in verse 13, the Bible says, If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. So we see here that Moses simply asked God to teach him his ways so he can know them, so he can know him. So we can take a great lesson from Moses here. Let's go to God in prayer. And simply ask God, God, please teach me your ways so I can know you, so I can really get to know you. So that's one way we can get to know God is just going to him in prayer and just asking him. Um, So we'll look at a few other ways to get to know God um, with our main focus being on Bible study. Um, Because, you know, as we'll see is our Bible study is kind of woven um, in between every every way that we get to know God. It kind of all starts it comes back to our Bible study. So turn over to John 8, chapter 31. 
So John 8, 31, uh, the Bible says, To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So here we see Jesus. He's talking to some people who believed in him. And Jesus let the group know that if you are really going to be my disciples, you're really going to be my student, if you're really going to be my follower, you need to hold to my teachings. So here is one reason the discipline of Bible study is so important, is because if we're really going to be a follower of Jesus Christ, we have to hold to the teachings. If we're really going to be a Christian, we have to hold to the teachings. And we find the teachings in the Bible, right? So there's no way that, you know, you, you speak with some people sometimes, and some people are really quick to claim being a Christian, um, to take on that, that title, but they may have never read the Bible before. It's, it's really hard to follow something if you don't know what you're following. It's really hard to follow the teachings of Jesus if you never opened up the Bible to actually read the teachings of Jesus. Um, you know, so the first step, you ha- we actually have to open up the Bible to read the teachings of Jesus. Um, so also, another way that we can get to know God, um, you, know, since we, you know, we have other people who um, rely on the message on Sunday mornings, right, in church on Sunday mornings. So on Sunday mornings, they go to church, they rely on the message to get them closer to God. Look, going to church is amazing. Um, actually, I myself has adopted the practice of going to church every Sunday. Um, I think it is a really good thing to do. Um, it's really great to, you know, go in church and be inspired um, by the preacher and, and kind of leave out, you know, inspired and ready to change your life and, and ready to take on the world all to the glory of God. You know, it's a great thing to come to church. But only relying on those messages has its drawbacks. Um, for one, if you think that 30 to 40 minutes a week hearing God's words preached to you is going to keep you connected, or is going to get you connected and keep you connected to God, you have another thing coming. That's not going to work. 30 or 40 minutes a week is not going to do it. So I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news. But so if you want to get that connection, you know, it's a great start, but we need to dig into our words on our own. Right? It's an amazing start, but we need to dig into our words and all. Another thing about just relying on the message, I could be standing here right now preaching absolute nonsense to you guys. Right? I could have had a bad day, a bad week, and I could just get up here and say, you know what? I'm about to just lead everybody down the wrong direction. How would you know if I was doing that or not? Right? That's why you need to have your Bibles open right now. Right? You need to be following along on a projector to say, hey, you know what? What this guy is saying is making some sense. You just can't take me for my word. I'm a human being. You can't take me for my word. Now, you know, rest assured, people, that I'm not speaking nonsense. Um, I have, this message has been filtered by some of the most spiritual people that I know. You know, make sure I send it to them and, you know, they actually um, give me feedback and tell me to get rid of all the nonsense before I actually come up here. Um, so we're good, but that's not the point. The point is that you need to be in your own Bibles to know that I am not speaking nonsense. Now, look, the preacher may have inspired something in you or enlightened you or, you know, taught you something new. 
you know, or all the above, and that is the goal. But we still need to go back to our Bibles to get God's stamp of approval. So anything that you hear that may sound good, right? And it's something that, you know, Charles talked about last week. He was talking about, you know, Oprah, talk, you know, listening to Oprah, right, or Steve Harvey, and, and they life advice. And they may have some great things to say sometimes, right? But we need to take what they say and go get God's stamp of approval. But God is saying, hey, you know what? Oprah was right when she said that, you know? So let God tell you that Oprah was right when she said that. Or let God tell you Steve Harvey was right when he said that. But what's crazy, do you know that the Bible actually calls us to fact check our preachers? So the Bible tells us, hey, you know, I may have raised them up to put them up there, but I need you to go fact check that person. So let's turn to Acts 17. So Acts 17, 11, some of you guys may be familiar with this passage. It says, now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. For they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. As a result, many of them believed, as did also a number of prominent Greek women and many Greek men. So the Berean Jews will be known as noble for the rest of eternity, right? This scripture will be preached for as long as we're here on earth. And I can imagine in heaven, it's like, yo, those are the Bereans right there. Like, those guys in the corner, those are the Berean Jews. Like, they will be known for the rest of eternity because they decided to fact check their preacher. Right? Now, we know Paul was incredible. Paul did some incredible things. Paul wrote most of the New Testament, but they was like, yeah, I get that, buddy, but I need to go back to the scriptures to make sure what you're saying is true. So they did not believe the teachings of Paul because he was a good speaker or because he was charismatic, right, or because he was a friend whom they can trust. What they did, they believed Paul because their passion in searching the scriptures daily and proving all things. So we need to have a passion to search the scriptures daily to prove all things. And because of that, they came to the conclusion because of their passion for the scriptures, that, yeah, what this guy Paul is saying, that is true. So I would like to challenge us all, let's be like the Bereans, right? Don't believe what I say to you today because you like me, and I hope you do like me. Um, I like you guys. Or, you know, don't believe what I say because we're friends, right? And I hope that we are friends. And, or because you guys can trust me, Right? So don't believe me because of that, but believe what I say because what I say lines up with what God says in his word. That's why I want you to believe what I say. So that leads me um, to my third and final point. Um, How should we study the Bible? So we know that, you know, it's important to study the Bible. Um, But how should we study the Bible? So we're just talking about a couple ways on how we should study the Bible. So let's go over to 2 Peter 1. 2 Peter 1.12, the Bible says, So I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. So one way we should study the Bible is through repetition. 
um, we need to use repetition to memorize scriptures. So now any scripture you memorize is a great thing, right? But we need to memorize those scriptures that's going to help us on a daily basis. Those are the important ones to us. And each, for each one of us, that's different, right? So if you know that you have a really rough commute to work, then you need to memorize scripture that's going to help you doing that rough commute to work, right? So you can just always go into the memory bank, pull those scriptures out, help you get through that. Um, if you know that once you get to work, things are going to be crazy, you have a crazy job, then you need to memorize scripture that's going to help you with that. If you tend to get angry easily, right? Some of us may have anger issues. We need to memorize scripture that's going to help us with that anger. So we need to memorize scripture that's going to help us personally. Like for me, I work in sales. So anyone who works in sales know that, you know, some months that next paycheck may be uncertain. So one of my memory scriptures is Proverbs 3, 5. That's the one that I need to hold on to. And that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So for me, I need to know that, you know what, God, although I'm doing a terrible job this month uh, with my sales, I need to trust that you're going to take care of me and my family, um, and I need to not lean on my own understanding. Because my, understand, my own understanding tells me, man, it's getting really late in the month, and nothing has worked out yet, so it's not looking good, right? But God tells me to trust in him that he can make a way out of no way. That's what God tells me. Because sometimes, you know, I need to remember, I need to remember that. So I would like to challenge the church this week. I want you to get an accountability partner, right? And I want you to have a conversation with your accountability partner about some things you may struggle with um, or some tough situations in your life. And I want you to get some scriptures about that and memorize them. And then at the end of the week, I want you to you know, call your accountability partner and recite those scriptures to them. I mean, you know, a lot of times when it comes to memorizing scripture, you know, a lot of people are like, man, you know, I got to put this work and memorize. What's crazy is, like, for most of us, if we put on our favorite radio station right now, we probably can sing every song for the next 30 minutes, right? I know I can. For the next 30 minutes, you put on some K-Love right now. For the next 30 minutes, I will sing every song that comes on. Right? So we need to be able to do the same thing with our scriptures. So, hey, whether it's listening to the scriptures from the Bible app three times a day, right, listen to it over and over, we need to get that conviction that we need to memorize these scriptures um, because this is what's going to help me to deal in this crazy world that we live in. I mean, if you're trying to get through this world with just church on Sunday, and I mean, and not memorizing scripture, um, good luck, man. I mean, just look at the news. I mean, every day. Sometimes I don't even like looking at the news. It's just, just downright depressing sometimes. I'm like, I need as much Jesus as possible. So, you know, we need to take the practice of memorizing Scripture. And this is the same advice that God gave to the Israelites. Um, turn over to Deuteronomy 11. So Deuteronomy 11:18. The Bible says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. So the Israelites was told 
to fix God's words on their hearts and in their minds. We need to do the same thing. We need to fix God's words in our hearts and on our minds if we're going to make it through this crazy life. So the last way that we'll look at um, that we need to study our Bibles is we need to be comfortable with it. Now, when I say that, what I mean is what works for me may not work for you and vice versa. Me, I like to read my Bible early in the morning. That may not work for you. You might be a night person. So you may like to read your Bible at night. That's totally fine, right? As long as you're reading your Bible. It doesn't matter when you read it. Also, um, some people like to read several chapters a day. Some people read just a few scriptures. Whatever it's going to take for you to get filled up for that day, as long as you're reading, you're understanding, and you're applying it to your life, does not matter how much you read, how much of the Bible you read. Right? We're not going to be legalistic here and say, hey, you need to read a chapter every day. Because, you know, everybody's different, and that's just not how it works. Whatever works for you, you need to be comfortable with your Bible study. Because if I try to do what you do, it's not going to work for me. And I'll end up not reading my Bible at all. That's not a good thing. The goal is for us all to study our Bibles regularly. So we're going to do that. We need to find out what works for us. If you don't know, experiment. Read early one day, read at night the other day. You know, just don't read right before you go to bed. Um, that's not a good practice. I've tried that one. It don't work. Um, I wake up in the morning, don't remember nothing that I read the night before. So that, that one doesn't work. But, you know, whenever you decide to do it, whenever you, whatever's comfortable with you, then go for it. Um, and then the last way that we'll look at today is we need to be consistent. We need to be consistent in our Bible reading. The Bereans, it was mentioned that the Bereans read their Bible every day, right? Again, don't want to be legalistic here, you know, but for me, good practice is to read your Bible every single day. We see that work for the Bereans. It works for me. It works for other people I know, right? So the consensus is read your Bible every day is a good thing. And again, we do that because we need as much God as possible. So if I don't read my Bible one day, Nigel is like, hey, um, did you read your Bible today? <laughs> I'm like, um, no. She's like, yeah, I can tell. Like, can you please go read your Bible? I'm just a different person when I don't read my Bible. Like, I, I just am. I'm, I'm just not spiritual by nature. That's just not who I am. I need as much God as possible to help me get there. So we need to be consistent. So as you know, um, a lot of people here are reading through the Bible in a year, the Bible app, doing it together. So last year, a bunch of guys did it um, here from the ministry. Last year, a bunch of guys did it together. And, you know, I just want to, you know, hold up one guy, Siren. So, you know, Siren was in this group with all the guys. And, I mean, I don't know if you guys ever read the Bible in a year, but it's, it's challenging. I mean, it's a lot, right? It's a, a great task. I would encourage you to do it at some point. Um, you know, as you, in discipleship, but it is a lot. But Siran, this guy, I mean, every day he read, and there's a group chat that goes along with it, and he commented in that group chat every single day. And it wasn't just, like, random comments. Like, through his comments, you can see that he was actually reading, understanding, and applying to his life. Like, all, his, all of his comments would be like, this is what I got from the scripture, and this is what it means for my life. So I'm like, man, like, 
you know, that's just being consistent. That's what God calls us to do. Like, just intellectually knowing God or just reading through the Bible and having all this knowledge, right? The Bible says the knowledge puffs up, right? Having all this Bible knowledge, but if you're not applying it to your life, then honestly, you're wasting your time reading the Bible. I mean, the Bible is just not another book where you just read it and it's a good read, although it is a really good read. Um, You know, I really have some, some great accounts and some, some good warrior stories when I want to get all riled up and stuff, you know. Like before sporting event, you know, read about David and his mighty men or something like that. But the Bible is there so we can actually read it and apply it to our lives. So we can see the change that we need. So we can really, really get to know God. So we can all make it to heaven one day. So next, you know, next time we get together, we'll look at some more ways um, that we can really get to know God. And some more ways that... Um, some more useful ways for Bible study. So you guys have a great day. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.